A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. If you've ever driven a tractor, you are her friend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Tractors might get slowed down a little bit this morning, but I think the rain's going to be welcome for a lot of our Wisconsin farmers. Good morning, everyone. It is a Wednesday today, the 18th day of May, and sure glad you're along with us. I think there's a certain amount of people that are probably glad we're getting a little rain today. I don't think it's going to be measurable, but you tell me otherwise. We're looking for our rural mutual rainfall reporters. Remember, if you get involved in rainfall reporting for us, we will draw a winner once a month for a rural mutual weather station. All you have to do is chime in, call or text 877-301-FARM. That number again, 877-301-3276. Make sure you leave me your name and where you're from so that we can uh, get you that weather station if you win. Today, we are looking for a daytime high no better than 64. Partly sunny skies, that rain should taper off by about lunchtime today. Tonight, down to 55. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 78 degrees. Stumach's got our weather in about 15 minutes. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Two new counties have been added on to the list in Wisconsin where the highly pathogenic avian influenza has been detected. According to the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection, the most recent backyard flocks were detected in northwest Wisconsin, Dunn County, and way up in northeast Wisconsin, Marinette County. That's our domestic bird population. Stephanie Hoff joins us this morning. You've got an update on what this avian influenza is doing to our wild bird population. When there is an avian influenza outbreak, it means those flocks have to be depopulated to prevent the disease from spreading. But this virus spreads in the wild, too. And here to answer what disease mitigation looks like among wild birds is DNR veterinarian Lindsay Long. Lindsay first tells us how do they quantify the impact that the avian flu has on wild birds. Well, it's a little difficult because we have to look at it by the strain that we're dealing with. So... Um, avian influenza viruses obviously are very unique in each other, like there's different subtypes of the viruses and there's different strains in those subtypes. And those differences create mannerisms of how um, domestic birds are impacted and also they can change how wild birds are impacted. We have a lot of what we call um, strains that we find regularly in waterfowl, especially in water birds, that are what we would consider adapted or almost like variants that we find regularly that don't cause any disease in um, those populations. So they're, they'd be more like a minor inconsequential flu. They might show a little bit of being under the weather, but we don't see mortalities associated with them. And even with some of the um, high path avian influenzas, if they get over into wild birds, sometimes most of the time, you know, we really don't see a big response in wild birds. This 
particular um, HPAI, we actually have seen mortalities in wild birds, especially in some specific duck species and um, and in some of our raptor species. So this particular strain is having an impact on wild birds. Have you been able to get numbers on that or like our, which populations are you seeing fall? So right now, I, I don't think we would have an impact on at a population level, especially like with our migratory waterfowl. But we do see local instances, especially in some of our raptor species, where there might be fewer like nesting populations this year, especially like in say bald eagles in some areas. We're still learning more about this virus and you know this has been an extended spring season for us where we've seen more activity. So we're gonna have to monitor further on. But right now like the major species that we've seen um, that have been like having clinical disease with it are like our some bald eagles, some great horned owls, and some of our other hawk species. I want to just zero in on hunters specifically for folks who are out for duck season, turkey season, or pheasant hunting. Do you foresee any changes or is DNR talking about making any changes because of those populations? Not at this time, no. Like with turkey hunting, we have turkey hunting season ongoing right now, and I I wish all those hunters luck. I was not so lucky in my first attempts this year. But our turkey species, actually, they don't come in contact with the virus as often. So while we think of them as being a susceptible bird to avian influenza viruses, they just don't come into contact as often. And we have not detected this virus in any turkeys this year in Wisconsin. In terms of waterfowl, we've got a ways to go yet. So typically we will, in a typical year, we would see a drastic reduction in avian influenza virus activity over the summer because of sunlight, birds dispersing and not being in such close, tight-knit groups. And so there's not less, there's less transmission between birds at those points of time. So we'll see, you know, this is, like I said, this virus has been acting slightly different in terms of what birds it affects. So this summer, as those birds disperse, and we're mo- we'll continue to monitor for ill birds and mortalities so that we can investigate if we're still seeing transmission this summer yet. And I'm happy to say that I've been by the DNR pheasant operation in Poinette, Wisconsin, Tell me about the biosecurity measures that you have had to put in place to stop spreading from impacting those operations. So similar to any um, production facility, we, our um, Poinette team actually had a biosecurity plan already in place with different levels, dependent on the um, risk that we have going on in the state right now. So right now they are at their tightest risk, meaning that they control movement of trucks and people that come in or out of the facility. They have very strict biosecurity practices um, regarding people even going into where the pheasants are. So they've instituted something very similar to what you would think of being instituted at a um, at another like at a production facility. How do we know if a wild bird has avian flu, and what should people do about it? Well. Typically, what, what is easiest for people to see for species that are, have been affected or are actually getting diseased from this virus is the neurologic signs. That means sometimes they'll have head tremors, body tremors. They may not be able to walk properly. They may not be able to hold their wings property, properly. A lot of times they'll be um, swimming in circles. So we do are um, taking calls regarding waterfowl that are doing those or water birds like herons. 
And then, of course, our raptor species, if those signs are noted. In general, for other, like, more, and we continue to always monitor for, like, mortality events. With birds, that typically means when you notice something going on with five or more. So if you have a situation where you've noticed five sick or dead birds in one location, that's a good time to notify us as well. So that's something we do regularly. It's not just in relationship to HPAI. We have other diseases that can impact our wildlife, just like there's other diseases that can impact domestic animals as well. So, Lindsay, my neighbor here in Madison actually has a backyard flock, and I'm curious how how should he try to keep wild birds away? Because that's another fear, right? That a that mm-hmm. a wild bird carrying the virus can bring it into your domestic flock. The species that would ha- harbor the most risk would be like waterfowl. Research on songbirds and other passerines shows that there is limited, if no activity, very 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 limited, like I mean super small um, activity in those birds. Like they don't even show exposure, but to reduce risk at the best. Like if you have the backyard birds, you probably want to reduce other food, like non-native food sources for wild birds. So you don't want to have like bird feeders out for wild birds if you have domestic birds at this point. You want to make sure like if you are a hunter or if you're going on hikes or you like to watch birds, make sure that you're not bringing that footwear or and walking through where your chickens are, right? So if you're going to waterfowl areas or wetland areas where you're going to be in muck, And fecal matter, you know, following those biosecurity protocols that um, DATCAP has up for backyard birders as well as USDA are really good um, resources. Now, I want to go back to something you said earlier about warmer weather and sunlight kind of being an upside. Can you explain how does warmer weather impact the spreading of avian influenza? Are we going to see a downhill in cases now? We would hope so. Um, so I guess it's helping birds this first because it's also, I don't know how many of your listeners are up on up in northern Wisconsin, but we had ice up there until just very recently. So we had a lot of birds that were staging to go up to where they normally nest, but they were waiting because there was no place for them to go, right, because there was still ice out on, on a lot of lakes. So that's one way that they disperse, and so they start to disperse out to nesting sites, so they're going to be moving up moving out further. With the virus, the virus doesn't like sunlight. UV rays actually help to reduce the amount of of virus in the environment as well. Unfortunately, as you can imagine, like where you have like a lot of mud and things where in waterways, you could have prolonged virus activity in those areas if, if it's exposed. But in most cases, we start to see less available virus in both birds and in the environment when it, as it warms up. You know, looking forward or looking, you know, into the summer, what is top of mind for DNR when it comes to these bird viruses? And maybe it's beyond avian influenza. We will continue to monitor our populations. We monitor for um, health and numbers. We will work with partners along the flyway. So because most of these species are migratory, we work closely with our colleagues in other states along the Mississippi Flyway, as well as in the Fish and Wildlife Service, to determine our next best practices, including um, monitoring and um, population assessment. Lindsay, I do want to make a comparison between the last avian influenza outbreak in 2015 and the one we're experiencing today. You kind of alluded to it, but is it worse this time around for wild birds? We, we only detected that high-pass avian influenza in one bird in 2015, and it was a snowy owl. So we actually didn't, we didn't pick up the virus in 
circulating at the level it is circulating this year. DNR veterinarian Lindsay Long was able to get me updated numbers for the impact this year's bird flu strain has on wild birds. DNR collected 141 bird carcasses that showed signs of avian influenza. 61 of those birds across 26 counties had the bird flu. So now you can see there's a 61 to 1 ratio so far in bird mortalities compared to the 2015 strain. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Haw. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We give you the tools, knowledge, and income so you can take your career however far you want to take it. I'm Wynn Davies. W.E. Davies and Sundra Modeling is now hiring carpenters, lead carpenters, boycott a stale career. We want you to take on a fresh perspective to your path in life. We're a local family business offering services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. You can be your next team player to deliver stunning, transformative results. Visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the bright star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the bright star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Oh, you know me. Easy come, easy go. Tomorrow's another day. What's the big hurry? Are you kidding me? I have the patience of a goldfish. When I get an idea in my head, I like to let it simmer. Now that's a whopper. Good thing Lazy Boy in Madison has a warehouse full of furniture ready to deliver. Good things come to those who wait. Am I right? No. You're not right. There's a coffee table at Lazy Boy, and I have room for it in my living room now. Fine wine, a fresh bread, a chocolate souffle. But where are you going to sit and enjoy it? Lazy Boy has chairs, tables, and sofas in the store right now. Take time to smell the roses. That's what I always say. And I say a new vase and a new end table are a great way to enjoy those roses. Great-looking furniture ready to deliver from Lazy Boy. Lazy decorators love Lazy Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison. East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, to a large extent, our connection on this Wednesday morning is a little rainfall that's popped up across the state of Wisconsin. Time for our Compier Financial Ag Weather Update on Wednesday. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, along with us. So when I came in about a mile, I was a little later this morning, came in at around three, there was some rain, but... It must not have been very heavy. Any of the trees, you know, the that are lying on the streets, it was dry under their under their leaves. So not much must have come down. What are you seeing? Well, let's see. I've got the Madison Airport at four hundredths of an inch. Over here at uh, Fond du Lac, about sixteen hundredths at the airport. Further east, about twelve hundredths, and then Lacrosse weighed in three tenths of an inch. So. There are some spots where at least we had a good dust settler. How about that? Well, good. And if you have rainfall reports, remember our Rural Mutual Rainfall Report line, 877-301-FARM. That's 
301-3276. It could get you qualified for a rural mutual weather station later this month. So is it going to move through this morning? Are we going to see any dry weather today? Oh, yeah, it'll dry out today. This system is pulling away. The radar shows some very light rain still scattering from almost the Mauston area into uh, Beaver Dam, Fond du Lac, Oshkosh, and the eastern part of Wisconsin. There's a little cluster of a little more moderate rain in far southwest Minnesota. Maybe at Monroe about now and down into Illinois. That should stay off to the south and clear away as well. So it's not going to be a rain-out day. The showers around this morning, the low pressure system still off to our southwest. That stationary front lines up from southern Iowa into central Illinois, southern Indiana. It stays off to our south, but it just just did have the ability to push a little rain up into the state. I expect a more organized system then to start building in. We're going to see a system forming out in the Pacific Northwest and heading our way with a little more likelihood of some rain. Maybe even late Thursday at La Crosse, Thursday night for almost everybody then, and lasting into the day Friday. There's talk of more heavy rain with that system, but most of that's going to line up from northwest Iowa, southeast Minnesota, maybe just grabbing the, the La Crosse area and up into central Wisconsin. That's where rain could be heavier. Everybody else a little on the lighter side, but right now, I'd say Thursday night into Friday, some quarter to half inch amounts of rain become a possibility. There may be some more of that strong weather Friday night into Saturday, but that could be in the far southeast part of the state and over toward lower Michigan. So we're kind of in between the real stormy periods. Hopefully that works out for us. But there will be a little moisture here at the end of the week, and those temperatures cool down as we head toward the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. Are you protecting investments on your farm? BioVet's CAF program has been supporting calf health and growth for more than 30 years. BioVet calf supplements provide your newborn calves with energy, hydration, and beneficial microbials to support healthy calves. Healthy calves make productive cows. Call BioVet today and learn how an investment in your calf's health returns an investment in your future and your farm's profits. Call 1-800-BIOVET-1. That's 1-800-B-I-O-V-E-T-1. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So it does look like a lot of the rain has already moved through or is moving through. That's good news for anybody that wants to get back out to the fields or for our agribusiness folks that have some applications they want to put out there. Well, absolutely. With that uh, tenth of an inch or so in most areas, wetter at La Crosse, it won't take long to dry it out today. A little scattered shower activity this morning, still possible in eastern Wisconsin, and otherwise a mostly cloudy day. A lot of low 60s. There may be a mid-60 at La Crosse with an east wind becoming north. Uh, 5 to 10 miles per hour. Partly cloudy overnight. We drop to the upper 40s and low 50s. Coldest in eastern Wisconsin. The northwest winds about 5. Partly sunny on Thursday. 
Warming up nicely, mid and upper 70s, warmest in the west, but that's where that shower chance could pop in by late afternoon. It's more likely Thursday night we see showers, even some thunderstorms. They'll last into Friday, partly sunny Friday, still in the mid or upper 70s with the southwest wind at 5 to 15. And like I said, Pam, Thursday night, Friday, a quarter to half inch could mean a little slower way to wrap up the week. All right. Well, we'll watch and see what develops there. Thanks, too. Have a good one. Catch up with you. Catch up with you tomorrow. You bet. See you then. <laughs> it's too much. Our ag meteorologist with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on a Wednesday. Of course, Compure Financial is your financial partner. Committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. Visiting with Greg Bussler, our Wisconsin ag statistician. They are launching a special mid-year survey, and they want more than 4,300 Wisconsin farmers to participate. What are they going to be asking you, and how are they using that information? It's all coming your way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Gear up for spring with a trip to Blaine's Farm and Fleet. We've got an unbeatable selection of ag products to keep your farm moving along, like 50-pound bags of ProForce Fuel Horse Feed or 50-pound bags of ProForce Senior. Your choice, $2 off. Protect your horse from biting insects with masks from Farnham. Choose from Supermask Classic Arab with ears, Horsefly Control with ears, and Supermask XL without ears. Your choice, $3 off. Save on 50-pound bags of Agrimaster 16% layer pellets, now $2 off. Bring salt into your animal's diet with a 50-pound white salt block from Champion's Choice, on sale $5.99. Get your workspace organized with a welded storage rack from Edsel, priced at $299.99. And while you're shopping, check out this new product at Blaine's. It's GE 100-watt ceramic heat lamps. More durable, energy-efficient, and long-lasting than traditional heat lamps. Only $12.99. For superior products, trust the experts at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. Our diverse and flexible financing options make new windows and doors affordable and stress-free. Insulate those freezing bedrooms. Enjoy a crystal clear view and be the house that people point at when they're looking for trendy new window and door ideas. Our financing makes it all possible and without worry. We will find a plan that works for you. Call me today or visit windowworldmadison.com. We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. Pain can be unrelenting, overwhelming, and all-consuming. So why do so many of us try to manage pain only from the palm of our hands? Doctor-prescribed opioids are appropriate in some cases, but they just mask the pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives, like physical therapy, to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. And by increasing physical activity, you can also reduce your risk of other chronic diseases. Pain is personal, but treating pain takes teamwork. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose more movement and better health. Choose physical therapy. 
Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. This message is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. Right about now, you're probably saying, lazy boy, they just have recliners. It's okay, everybody says that at first. Well, don't let this get around. Lazy boy has more than recliners. Hmm, I don't know if I should say this out loud. Lazy boy has more than recliners. But it's as if there's an inner voice telling me that I should share this important information with you. Yes, that's me. Lazy boy just isn't recliners. Well, against my better judgment. Are you kidding me right now? Lazy boy has more than recliners. Finally! Dining room, bedroom, entertainment centers, tons of accessories, and when you shop at Lazy Boy, professional interior design is free. Oh, did I say that out loud? Totally. Redo one room or redo the whole home, you can get it all at Lazy Boy. Like I always say, Lazy Boy has more than just recliners. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor. Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Help grant wishes with Bergstrom Automotive and Make-A-Wish Wisconsin this Saturday, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. When you make a $15 or more donation, Bergstrom Automotive will give you a $29.95 discount on your oil change. Stop by anytime. No appointment needed. Plus, take a test drive and Bergstrom will donate an additional $5 to help make wishes come true for local kids battling critical illnesses. Visit a Bergstrom Automotive of dealership near you and brighten a child's day with Make-A-Wish Wisconsin this Saturday, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Make a $15 or more donation and Bergstrom Automotive will give you a $29.95 discount on your oil change and a $5 donation for a test drive. Hey, Zach, so I was talking, I texted you, uh, you know, what was the deal with this? Because over the weekend, or Friday, actually, the Wisconsin linebackers coach, Bill Sheridan, resigned. And it was from some infractions, one of these with Air Force, Air Force, Zach, Air Force. And I texted yeah. you, I was like, what, did he let a recruit drive around like a fighter jet or something? Like, what? <laughs> why did Bill Sheridan resign a couple months into being the new linebackers coach? Yeah, well, uh, so there was a report from, uh, stadium, uh, an outlet, uh, Brett McMurphy reported that, uh, the NCAA was investigating, uh, I believe it was four coaches from air force who were, force. um, accused or allegedly broke, um, rules, whether I, I believe it was impermissible benefits and also, you know, hosting prospects during COVID, which was a big no, no, um, that, uh, certain schools just completely ignored air force. Apparently one of them, I believe Arizona state was another, uh, where, you know, you just can't have guys on campus. It's COVID. You can't have minutes, whether, whether they're rules, right? Like you just have to abide by them. And uh, apparently Air Force did not. Uh, Bill Sheridan has said that he expects or, or is looking forward to addressing those things when uh, he gets his hearing in front of the NCAA, but he felt like he was going to be a distraction, I guess. So and, dumb, uh, dude. It's Air Force, Zach. It's Air Force. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, um, we learned in that we learned in that piece that he was fired from Air Force um, oh. after Air Force found out about these uh, about these violations and they did their investigation. They fired him, and um, so I think it's uh, I'd be interested to see you know what happened you know with Wisconsin and, and looking into it, uh, how they vetted that or just you know 
how they vetted it, how they ended up with a guy who had gotten fired and uh, was under investigation by the NCAA, um, how they didn't know about that uh, before hiring him. Well, so, Air Force, dude, you, if, if you're trying to get a leg up at Air Force, I feel like you should get a raise. Yeah, right? I mean, but, like, if, if you uh, – I feel like that. the football team. Well, you don't have to say. You don't have to say anything about Wisconsin that. Wisconsin can come out and say what they they want as an athletic program or like as a department. But I feel like with this move, potentially the Badgers maybe trying to get a leg up here on recruiting and NIL deals with a guy that's got a little experience since COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, Zach. Like I know, like it's against the rules. Do you think if you were to poll hundred people, would anyone care that he had recruiting violate hosting someone during COVID, and then some impermissible benefits for Air Force? Do you think anyone would give two craps? Uh, the NCAA, but I mean, who really cares about them, right? Yeah, they're a bunch of jabronis. Uh, yes. Uh, again, I don't know what the impermissible benefits were. You know, and like, I don't know. I would take a ride on they, a. I would take a ride on an aircraft. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like we don't know what what they were. We don't know exactly what the violations were. I think the, the bigger concern is, you know, um, how he got hired in the first place. Yeah, uh, I guess if you're, yeah. like whether whether you care about the violations or not, um, they are violations, and they're it led to him getting fired. So, um, if I were I Bill Sheridan, I said, I'm not. I'll do my best Wolf of Wall Street. Go, I ain't, I ain't nothing leaving. I think I think I think I figured it out. I briefly talked about this with Ebo yesterday. I'm pretty sure if it was housing players when they weren't supposed to be on campus, it might have been he comped them extra rooms at the Sheridan, you know, family biz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the hotel chain. Everyone, this is what you can expect next Monday through next next Monday through Wednesday. And if I get mauled by a bear for the rest of the The show's existence, the rest of life. Yes. (laughs) So okay. Well, well, have they hired someone else, or is there anyone like like you know what? Yeah. No, that was pretty good. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, Does the breaking news is that his family, the Sheridan Hotel, Harris? Can't confirm. Uh, It's it's a rumor right now. uh, Must have been spelled differently when they got off the boat at Ellis Island because one's Sheraton and the other one's Sheridan. Oh, is that how um, is that how that works? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, the spelling is a little different around you. Damn it. You know, okay. it was it was changed a long time ago. Yeah, as Zach said, they changed your name. We're all brothers and sisters yeah. in my eyes. Yeah, like yeah. Every, no one's very few people's names who came from from Europe are ended up being the same thing, unless it was like Shaw or Smith or something like that. Very easy for Johnson. The people at Ellis Island. Yeah, Heilprint not easy to not easy to say. Thorson probably not overly easy. to Well, think I was I didn't I didn't listen. I was just handed down from Thor himself, the Norwegian god. So right, that's what that is. and he Race was back. he was the dyslexic Thor that threw the e in there. <laughs> Race, Race Beck probably uh, got changed somehow too. Um, but no, uh, hired a new guy. Yes, <laughs> Jack Sitchie. Hire what's he doing? Get Jack Sitchie in here. Jack Sitchie is in. Um, a uh, defensive analyst for the Badgers right now. I think that that promote from within uh, is beautiful. Yeah, I imagine they're going to try and find somebody with a little bit more experience. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. About 4,300 Wisconsin farmers across the state are going to have an opportunity to participate in a very important survey being conducted by the National Ag Statistics Service. What is the survey all about? Why do you need to pay attention? Greg Bustler, our Wisconsin State Ag Statistician, will explain before we wrap her up on a Wednesday. I'm Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us. So today is the 18th day of May. On this day, back in 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted, killed 57 people. A large part of the previously cone-shaped volcano was replaced by a massive crater 
Great museum if you get a chance to be out there. Mount St. Helen erupts on this day back in 1980. And although we hear about it more often today, did you know on this day back in 1927, the worst school massacre took place? 45 people died in Michigan. They called it the Bath School Disaster. A disgruntled school board member set off several bombs at the Bath Consolidated School and other locations in Michigan. 45 people died. Worst school massacre on this day back in 1927. And now you know. It is a Withles Wednesday, and that means it's time for us to head out to the country, find out what's happening in farm fields. You've seen the dust, so have they. Our Withles representative, Steve Quaddy, joins us this morning, and he's a fellow that's right here in south-central Wisconsin. I was telling Steve before we got on the air how the Crop Progress Report, even the reporters out in the field say they've never seen a crop going in this fast. But, boy, that keeps you guys really wheeling, doesn't it? Yes, uh, for in April, we were virtually 0% planted, uh, and now we're well over half planted uh, throughout central and southern Wisconsin, and um, it's just, it's going in so fast, and, and we planted into moisture, and with the last couple weeks of heat, uh, you know, our, our stands are popping out of the ground, they look great, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it's really progressing really well and as you get east where they were a little bit behind because of early rains and cold soils they got a good start on it last week and with a good forecast they'll be uh, over the hump here real soon. You know and it's not just about the farmers your clients obviously you think about them first but it's nice that the Whiffles research plots can get in as well and we were talking Steve and I about you know, we, we kind of complained and bickered a little bit about the cool weather. But, boy, those degree growing units with those 90s popped up pretty quick, didn't it? Yeah, we didn't really accumulate any in April, you know, which is always nice when you can do that. But, you know, really planting, if you used a May 6th uh, planting date, uh, we've accumulated about 180 GDU since that date. And uh, even this week, with a little cooler temperatures, we're still projecting uh, another 60 or so uh, heat units. So, yeah, you know, a lot of these corn crops are in, and in six to seven days you can roll them, and uh, the stains look really good. You know, we were able to get uh, about 70% uh, to date of our research trials in across the Midwest, uh, and then our local trials here in Wisconsin uh, that, you know, we have 13 new varieties uh, we're looking at here at Wiffles and a couple new technologies, uh, SmartStack Pro and Tricepta, um, two new traits that uh, will provide more insect control and different insect control than what we've had in the past. So we're excited about that. But the big thing is just everybody gets in a hurry, and I just hope everybody stays safe and, and slows down and and thinks about what they're doing because long days can lead to tired minds and then mistakes happen. So uh, just stay safe. Yep. Words to the wise. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Steve Quaddy joining us this morning. He is a Wiffles district sales manager. Wiffles Wednesday. Find them all at wiffles.com or catch up with them at many of the local dairy events coming up in June, including the Rock County Dairy Breakfast on the Farm, Saturday, June 4th, outside of Milton at Glacier Edge Dairy. Well, June Dairy Month will allow us the opportunity to meet our new Alice in Dairyland. Let's meet another one of the finalists this morning. Stephanie Hoff joins us to introduce us to Taylor Schaefer. 
In preparation for the selection of the 75th Allison Dairyland, we're giving you a chance to meet the candidates. The Allison Dairyland finals will be held May 19th through the 21st in Dane County. The 75th Alice will begin her term on July 5th. I sat down with the six top candidates after they were announced in March. One of those candidates is Taylor Schaefer. If selected as Alice, Schaefer is looking forward to learning more about the state's diverse egg industry while also bridging the gap between producers and consumers. Growing up, Alice was always a role model for me for her ability to not only bridge the gap between producers and consumers, but also to explore Wisconsin's diverse agriculture industry. And in every position I've ever had, every job, every organization I've become involved in, the one thing that I always want to do is to learn. And I think that as Alice in Dairyland, that's a great opportunity to not only reach those audiences, but to also learn about Wisconsin agriculture and everything that we have to offer here in the state. Tell us a little bit about your background in agriculture. So growing up, I was a member of the Racine County 4-H program. I was an active member both in my club and in my county, and I showed beef steers and hogs, and I got really involved in showing steers, so I was able to travel nationally for that. Um, and that's kind of where my love for agriculture really grew. And beyond that, I took that passion to UW-Madison, where I was involved in the Association of Women and Agriculture, Badger Dairy Club, and Saddle and Sirloin, and I will graduate there um, this May with degrees in Animal Sciences and Life Sciences Communication with a Certificate in Digital Studies, and um, I've held various internships throughout my collegiate career. Uh, most importantly, I was the 4-H intern after my freshman year of college. I've also served um, as a digital media intern for the An Department of Animal and Dairy Sciences at UW-Madison, so I've kind of worked in many different areas, but throughout everything I've done, agricultural communications has stayed at the center of my heart and it's truly what I'm passionate about. What are you most looking forward to getting out of this experience? I'm looking forward to the networking opportunities. So, um, like I said, I grew up in Racine County. I go to UW-Madison. I've met a lot of different people um, throughout the agriculture industry and I think that this is going to be a really great opportunity to not only meet different advocates that are around my age but also to meet industry leaders and producers throughout the state and kind of hear their stories too. What's something new that you think you bring to the Alice program? Growing up, I lived on the border of Racine and Milwaukee County, and because of our location, my parents decided to enroll me in the Milwaukee County School District. I went to school at Franklin High School, and I was the only kid of 1,500 that lived on a farm. And I think um, that experience not only kind of opened my eyes to some of the disconnect that we have today in our state between producers and consumers, but it also really fueled my passion for agriculture more and made me want to be in that role of not only helping to bridge that gap between producers and consumers, but also learning in everything that I'm doing. So exploring the many different facets of Wisconsin agriculture and sharing that knowledge with audiences of all demographics across the state. Our own Taylor Schaefer, one of the six top candidates vying for the 75th Alice in Dairyland. I'm Stephanie Hoff. Oh, and the anxiety has got to be building. Thanks again, Stephanie. And for the markets this morning, well, I can tell you yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained three and a quarter cents to 245. 40 pound black cheese was up a half at 237. Double A butter, three cents stronger, 277 a pound. A little bit lower this morning in Chicago. We've got December corn down a nickel, 7.55. November soybeans right now also down a nickel at 15.20. July wheats down 20 and a half, 12.57. Fluid milk contracts still holding their own. June milk's up four, 24.63 a hundredweight. July up a penny, 24.45 a hundredweight. So right now, a lot of Wisconsin farmers trying to continue on with planting. How many acres in Wisconsin will we end up planting? Corn, soybeans, other crops? And what about the stock we've got on hand? Well, starting now through the front part of June, the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service is going to talk 
with about 4,300 producers about that very question. We're discussing it next with Greg Bustler. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You want new floors, but you're not sure if you can do it yourself. With Wiseway Flooring designers and technicians, you'll have the knowledge and confidence to complete the job for a fraction of what you might think. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Oconomowoc. See how our helpful hints might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with a robbery investigation. On April 25th at 10.20 p.m., officers were dispatched to the mobile gas station located in the 600 block of Cottage Grove Road for a report of an armed robbery. A black male entered the gas station, approached the cashier, and demanded money from the cash register along with the clerk's purse. During the robbery, he pointed a firearm at the cashier and eventually fled the store. The suspect is described as 5 feet 6 inches tall with a medium build. He was wearing a black hoodie, which appeared to be inside out, a ski mask, and black pants and black shoes. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 608-255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 608-266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Shelly, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, more than helpful in explaining repairs in terms I understand and making an appointment that works with my schedule. Thanks, Shelly. Schedule your appointment. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You're going to want to keep your eyes on your mailbox, your email box. We've got a special survey that's going to be coming up involving literally a couple thousand farmers across the state of Wisconsin. Greg Bussler, our Wisconsin State Statistician, joins us. He is the fellow that will be overseeing that project. Now, Greg, it's not unusual for surveys to be targeting our Wisconsin farmers, but this one's a little different. You want to explain it to us? Sure. Uh, basically, what we're going to be asking uh, farmers about is what their uh, planted acreage is, their harvested acreage, uh, how many acres they planted to biotech and uh, grain stocks. Yeah. Now, why why is that important? It's a uh... It's really something that's going to be fairly unique. Uh, two major mid-year surveys, and in Wisconsin, we'll have about 4,300 producers that are involved. Why is this information important, Greg? Uh, it's important to get a, a supply on what the expected acreage is and uh, what the um, supply of uh, major uh, commodities is for the upcoming year uh, right now uh, with the high prices and uh, so on it's important that everyone kind of knows what the uh, supplies are out there so uh, producers can uh, make appropriate uh, marketing decisions and uh, uh, policymakers and other people in the supply chain can uh, make uh, good decisions to 
about uh, what to expect. No, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to visit with Greg is helping people understand how critical this farm gate information really is, especially in a critical year like 2022. I mean, Greg, we're still dealing with supply chain issues that farmers are facing. We all know about the escalated costs of inputs. Now, granted, these surveys are basically check the box, you know, fill in a number kind of things. But is there some flexibility for additional information input from the growers to help you guys out? Uh, basically, the best way a producer or grower can respond is uh, uh, by completing the survey for us so that we have uh, accurate data. Uh, it, it's very critical that uh, we get a, uh, a good idea of uh, what the upcoming acreage is, especially if there's any... Um, unforeseen uh you know weather conditions that up come up this year uh and um like you mentioned earlier there's a uh, tight supplies going on so it's critical that we have the accurate data Mm -hmm. now i do see that some of the agency representatives are going to talk to actual farmers maybe get a little bit more in-depth you know sometimes you can really reveal an awful lot of important information in those conversations so i said to greg we better remind growers it's important to stay engaged in this process right yep all this uh information that uh growers provide us is uh kept strictly confidential uh we only uh, publish uh, state national uh level s uh statistics uh from this survey and uh, we try and make it convenient as possible for uh, growers to participate. Uh, uh, the easiest way for growers to respond is to uh, do it online um, when they get their uh, letter in the mail. And if that's not convenient, if they don't have access to the Internet or a computer, they, uh, someone will reach out by them by a phone or uh, in some cases uh, do an in-person interview. Sure. Now, how big a deal is Wisconsin in the compendium of all the states that are going to be surveyed, Greg? I think sometimes uh, we have a tendency to look at the the three I states, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, as the drivers. But I get the sense that this year, given the erratic weather, Wisconsin really counts. Right. Uh, Wisconsin's, you know, one of the top major uh, corn producing uh, uh, states in the uh, country. We do uh, uh, later on this summer, we'll do... uh, um, actual field measurements of uh, uh, go out to different farmers, lay out plots, and try and get a better estimate yield. And we're also a major state in uh, soybean production and uh, hay production. So, you know, those are our top three, and it's important to uh, get a, uh accurate uh, count of uh, what the upcoming crop's going to uh, be for those crops so, you know, farmers know what the uh, feed supplies are going to be available and can make appropriate marketing decisions. Sure. Now, I also noticed, Greg, as we would expect, these surveys do have a tendency to flex and reflect changes within the industry. This June survey, for example, is going to take a look, as you pointed out, biotech crops. Also going to be talking a little bit about livestock inventory and maybe any sales that have been made. Let's look at biotech. When when did that... uh, flange of this uh, survey kind of get get to be a little bit more important uh basically um biotech uh we've been uh, collecting that data for the last uh you know uh 10 plus years and it's an uh 
uh, important, especially in a state like Wisconsin, so that we uh, know uh, Wisconsin's a big organic state and things like that to, you know, measure, uh, you know, what uh, crops are uh, conventionally grown versus uh, uh, grown with uh, uh, biotech uh, seed varieties. Right. You know, and and what you're pointing out is that there is a story to be told on all this information collected. It's not just the numbers, although that's what the Ag Statistical Service is at. Same thing with that livestock inventory. I mean, that tells kind of a separate story for a lot of folks, too, doesn't it? Uh, yes, it does. It uh, it gives a, a story of, uh, you know, uh, what the uh, cattle's uh, supply is going to be and also the uh, hog supply to see if you know expansion's going on in the, these industries, or if you know there's a uh, reduction, and uh, farmers can make uh, appropriate marketing decisions uh, based on the numbers. Right, right. If you're just joining us, this is Greg Bussler. He's our Wisconsin State Ag Statistician. He's been at this for quite a little while, seen a lot of changes, a lot of uh, adjustments in these surveys. Now we're looking at kind of concentrating on this survey into the front part of June. When will we see the results of the survey, though, Greg? Sure. Uh, we will release uh, uh, the numbers that uh, reflect the, uh, what's going on as of uh, June 1st, and the results will be available uh, to farmers on uh, June uh, 30th, and they can get the uh, results uh, either um, emailed to them or they can go directly online at uh, nas.usda.gov to uh, see the results, and it, uh, a lot of media uh, pick up the <laughs> results too. So you probably uh, catch the results in your local farm papers and uh, uh, or other media outlets. Yep, like right here. Yeah, and like we said, we're looking at probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,300 Wisconsin producers that are going to be contacted. And uh, like we said, Greg, just one more time, it's important that they take a moment. I know everybody's busy. But take a moment to give honest numbers. That really helps. Right. It, it helps everyone to uh, know what the supply is. And we really do appreciate uh, the farmer's time uh, that they do uh, com- uh, take to uh, complete the survey. You know, without the farmer's uh, participation, uh, the results uh, wouldn't be possible. Yep. And like we said, we know it's busy, but keep your eye on the mailbox for that special survey coming up from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. That's Greg Bussler, our Wisconsin State Ag Statistician, looking for an update on how many acres you did plant, what you have on hand as far as grain stocks and a few other questions that you might get as well. Please slow down. Take the time to respond in a timely fashion to that important survey. Greg Bussler our Wisconsin State 